Hi, this is Stay, and I am your host, Takesha August. On this podcast, you'll hear conversations and content dedicated to trust, love, and honoring our intuition from birth to motherhood, from work to womanhood. Collectively, we will be cultivating peace, joy, confidence, and community, the foundational elements of thriving in a well-lived life, and sharing some laughter along the way. Here's to new patterns, healed hearts, and becoming the masters of our own self-preservation. You are invited to stay with your heart, with your body, and with me. Hello and welcome to Stay. This is Takesha and today I am joined by my friend in the wellness space, uh, former boss, I guess I could say, <laughs> technically, <laughs> oh gosh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> Trish, who is um, an acupuncturist, herbalist, and meditation teacher. She is also a proud mama of two humans and three dogs. I didn't know you had three dogs. In mm-hmm. her practice, Trish uses many tools from the wisdom of classical Chinese medicine and spiritual teachings to help her clients feel better and heal. And I have been both a client, I have been um, a teacher at a at the yoga studio that she used to own um, when I lived in Maryland, where she currently resides with her husband and her family, where she runs her practice alongside her husband. And um, I always found that it was just so fun to interact with Trish um, from when she was pregnant with I guess your oldest, maybe. Were you pregnant with him? Yeah, when I, yeah. I yeah, when yeah, I first yeah. started teaching at the studio and um, just always receiving really great guidance from her and just finding her to be one of the smartest people I know. And when I myself had health concerns, um, I guess, was it last year in 2020 where I was like feeling really burnout and overwhelmed, um, the first person I thought of was Trish because... I, I knew that she would have some incredible wisdom and really useful guidance and tools and herbs to recommend and all of that um, to help me navigate um, the burnout and overwhelm that I was feeling, um, not just because of you know the era in which we are currently living in this year of our Lord, 2021, um, but also as a mother and a practitioner and you know, someone holding space in my household and online and in a business and doing all the things. So without further ado, I want you all to meet my friend and brilliant acupuncturist, healing medicine woman, Trish Twyford Perfetto. Hi, Trish. Hi. Thank you for that. (laughs) You're so welcome. Tell us, um, you know, who you are in in a more um, intimate sense and what brought you to this this healing work that you have um, been practicing in for a number of years now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, who I am in the world is like you said, a mommy first, first and foremost. I think that's these delicious little children that she has. Yes. Um, so I have a six-year-old and a three-year-old and we have a lot, we have three great old geriatric dogs. So 
<laughs> that is my life for the most part is tending to them. But yes, um, I've been practicing acupuncture for almost 12 years now. And, um, yeah, how acupuncture kind of fell in, kind of fell in my lap. I was really always fascinated by the human mind and psychology and studied that in, in college and didn't quite know where I wanted to take it on the master's level and decided to take a year off. I have family in Brazil. My mom was from Brazil and um, taught English down there. And one of my first students was an acupuncturist. And Amazing. I started teaching her and then she became my teacher. Um, so she's just started uh, giving me things to read, just would, she would copy these books and give me this big, big packets to look through. And I just got so fascinated by it. And that's all we would talk about. And she gave me one treatment. I felt like I was floating off the table and I've never felt like that in my life. And I was like, wow, I think I want to do this. It was, it was just kind of like it, it found me, you know, it was yeah. a pretty cool thing. So ended up looking for schools and came back home to study. Oh. I love that. So did you live in, how long did you live in Brazil? About a year and a half or so. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Amazing. I feel like the only yeah. Portuguese word that I know is obrigado. Like, obrigado. Good <laughs> I know. Yeah. That's like, I, I used to work for a woman, um, uh, Julia da Silva, who's a brilliant um, psychologist when I worked at the American Psychological Association and she was Brazilian and I just, I loved her vibe so much. And, um, it wasn't a popular vibe in the office because she was just very, um, just very straightforward, which I love. <laughs> I, I love when people are just straightforward and tell you exactly what they're thinking and what they yeah. want and what they're seeing and do Like, no, yeah. I, like, no, there was zero passive aggressive anything in her. She would just tell you exactly what she thought. Um, and it's interesting because I actually learned a lot about, um, I guess, uh, what is it? What would it be called? Like um, uh, sexual hygiene from mm-hmm. her. Oh, like yeah. I remember I came, I called out of work. I called out of work um, one day or I had to leave early or something because I had a UTI how old was I? Like 24. Mm-hmm. And I was so, I was like, oh my God, I don't even know. How, like, I didn't even know how do you get a UTI? Like I've never had this before. It was in so much pain. I had to go to the emergency room. And oh. she was, and she was like, uh, let me ask you something. Do you pee after you have intercourse? And I was like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that I do. She's like, always make sure that you do this and always make sure that you yes. like, and she was like, just really, I mean, granted, it probably wasn't the greatest like HR conversation, <laughs> like, but she, she was someone that I really respected um, as like, she was like so much like a mother figure. And I just love, I, I love the, the care of a lot of um, cultures of color, I'll say, yeah. mm-hmm. because it's it just, it really is like, you know, if I have some kind of wisdom to give you, um, then I'm, I'm going to give it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm just going to tell you because why would mm-hmm. I keep it to myself? Um, yeah. so I just, I always respected and I, I always think about that. And that really, that, that one tip probably saved me from ever getting a UTI ever again in my life. Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a crystal tip right there. Yeah. No, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> it was, it was one of those things where I was like, gosh, I never thought, because, you know, yeah. again, I was someone that I never got a sex talk growing uh-huh. up. I never, like everything that I have learned about my female body 
and, you know, intimacy or relationships just at all at any level has been from what I gathered in community with other women. Right. I learned about menstrual cups from mm-hmm. my, you know, Sangha sisters in my yoga teacher training because right. we were all just like chatting. I think someone was on their period and like she had this thing and I was like, what is that? She's like, oh, it's a cup. I'm like, what do you do with that? What's happening? <laughs> and so I, I love how, you know, and I say all this because when I met you and when we, when we would have our just like conversations in the hallway before or after I taught a class, we would really have these really useful exchanges where you would very willingly give me advice or say, oh, well, you know, I'd be happy to talk to you about whatever herbs for this or that. I think I was just like, I've, I've struggled with anxiety and chronic fatigue for many, many years off and on. Um, and just like that, that willingness to be in community with a woman that you barely knew at that time Mm-hmm. To just be like, oh, we're all in this healing wellness space together. Like that community of wellness was so helpful and so useful. And I I, I miss that community up in Olney, Maryland for many mm-hmm. reasons because it, it was such a supportive community of, of yogis, of wellness people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just, I'm so thankful for you and Aww. your your wisdom. So I I would love to know how how has your practice as a healer and a wellness practitioner, acupuncturist, Chinese medicine woman evolved as you have evolved in your own motherhood? Because, you know, when you started, I mean, your oldest is six, you've mm-hmm. been at this for 12 years. So you had a good number of years in your career working mm-hmm. with people, not being a mother. How has it evolved um, or expanded or changed as you've become a mother? Good question. Um, I think I've just become more humble. Mm. <laughs> Honestly, I think it just has humbled me deeply. I mean, I, I think back to like those first few years of practice and how confident I was. And great. Yes, of course, I knew a lot and, and obviously could help people. But there was a um, an ignorance to the life of someone who is constantly tending to others. Um, it felt so easy for me to say, well, get some time to yourself. Come on. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, especially with other women. And, uh, yeah, over the years I've just learned so much about my own healing and my own process and what is necessary and, um, what, the, you know, those staples that we used that I used to just kind of skip over in my wellness, you know, just in my own treatment of myself that now I just, I literally can't. And so it's informed my practice deeply because I now understand what it means to not sleep. <laughs> you know, I now have so many more things I did before, but more things that I can really relate to with other people because I know it deeply in my bones and especially my moms that come in. And, um, and it's, it feels a little bit like I can relate and connect and have a little bit even more of an impact because I know, I know it so deeply myself. Um, so I think that's the biggest piece that children have done yeah. <laughs> in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I could totally imagine, um, I, I, 
I didn't enter into the wellness world until I was a mother. Um, and so I can only imagine how differently my work as a teacher and a guide in many respects would have evolved um, as my worldview would have changed from being like single and free and, you know, having all the energy and, um, and how just the, you know, the recommendations for practices and tools really change when you know intimately like, okay, I'm, I'm thinking this woman really needs some time to herself, but the reality is she's got one, two, three, four, five children and time to herself probably doesn't even happen on the toilet. Like (laughs) that is the reality. Um, yeah, that's, that's real. And it's like not the advice, it's almost like the advice kind of stays the same and the suggestions stay the same, but it comes from a different place. It comes oh, okay. from a place of like, you know what? I know it's freaking hard to get some time, mm-hmm. but you have to. And like, from my experience of my knowing of what that feels like, it's like, yes, <laughs> like you just have to do this. And how can we help you? How can I help you figure it out for yourself? Where do you need to put places, you know, things in place? It just comes from a more of like an experiential place, you know, like as you move through life, you experience more of life and that gives you more depth in which to be with people and all of their experiences. Yeah. I'm, I'm also curious over the last, um, I don't know, I guess like five years or so, um, as as the environment, the energetic environment has changed, I was still teaching at um, the studio that you used to co-own, the yoga studio that you used to co-own. Um, and uh, when when our, I guess I'll say our not our last presidential election, but like the one previous to that mm-hmm. that was a little controversial, mm-hmm. and <laughs> um, the energy of just the world that I was living in and the space just felt very heavy. And I remember still very viscerally how it felt to teach, um, a live class on my, my Wednesday, 11 AM class. It was the largest attended class that I had ever taught. And the energy of that space was so heavy and people were seeking and they were hungry for some kind of connection and understanding. And um, granted, that environment, um, that community is a very liberal space. Um, and so that election meant something very different to that community than maybe mm-hmm. it would have meant to other communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and this isn't even about one side or the other, but it was really about the energy of the time and how that energy impacted people's desire and ability to show up in practice in community. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering for you, if o- over the last five years of just highs and lows of our culture, our world, our nation, how, like what, what trends or, you know, patterns have you noticed in the people that you've worked with? Have you noticed any, any trends that have, you know, skewed in one way or the other, what populations maybe have they, have you noticed that things have affected that may be related to how we've been managing our stress and our, our overwhelm or our lack of um, connection in the last couple of years even? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest 
the biggest theme has been just burnout. Mm-hmm. Complete. I mean, people have always been burnt out in this culture, I think, but it's gone to another level now. Um, and I do think that has led, like we had chatted before to, I mean, I'm seeing uh, more miscarriage than ever mm. I've ever seen in my practice. And it's, again, you know, I don't know if it's something that I'm attracting specifically as a practitioner or if it's, if it is, I do think it is a, a more, you know, at least national thing right now. Um, and this was well before like, you know, vaccines and stuff. I don't think that's a relationship, but I do believe that, um, it is a direct correlation to the amount of capacity we have for, uh, life and how much help we have in our society and community and how we just kind of are programmed to do things by ourselves. Um, I think it has really, it's taking its toll big time on our capacity to just be in the world and exist with yeah. any sort of energy. Um, so that's what I'm seeing the most now is exhaustion and just, and all of the repercussions of exhaustion, which can, it's met, there are many things that can come from that. Yeah. And so when, when you say that you see a lot of, you're seeing a lot more miscarriage um, nowadays than you had before, how are these people presenting? Like, are they making appointments with you because they are not well? Are they making appointments with you after they've had a miscarriage? Like what is, what is the stage of relationship look like? for you as a yeah, I mean, yeah, it's mostly afterwards. And, um, what I've seen actually, I think everybody, this, at least in the last couple months, it's been their second child. So mm. they already have a child. And I, I just think that's so fascinating too, because the pressure on mothers and parents during this entire pandemic has been insane and so you you put that pressure on the body and that lack of ability to settle and constantly be you know uh on alarm and alert for a thing that's invisible in this world and you deplete you know in Chinese medicine what we would say you deplete the kidneys so the kidneys are really you know govern this idea of this fight or flight response of survival the kidneys also hold all the energy for of the body um, all the, the yin energy and the yang energy. So all the active energy and the quiet energy is stored in the kidneys. And so it is our battery pack. And when we are in this mode of survival, the adrenals kick in, the kidney chi gets exhausted because if we're, especially if we're in this mode for a long time, which we really have been, it's Mm. unprecedented. So it's this constant state of vigilance and you have to be on track and that exhausts the kidneys. It really does exhaust that energy of the kidney. And when you do that, um, you, the kidneys are responsible for conception. They give the energy for another human life. Um, and so that depletion, I think is like, I don't, I, I, I think we've been all working with it for a long time. So it feels like, Oh, well, you know, okay, like we can do this, but I think it's like, a big sign that we need to take things start taking things much more seriously in the realm of how we're doing life <laughs> you yeah. know? I mean it's it's um it's a bad sign to be honest and 
and and it is interesting that I've noticed this this trend of like second, you know, you want to have a second child. So the support around parents and and culturally what that looks like is, um, I think, definitely needs to be questioned and looked at. Yeah. Oh, that's so that's so interesting. I have five questions just like rushing to the front of my brain. Um, I guess the the loudest of which is in in considering the nervous system and you know um, this fight flight you know freeze and fawn you know fawn is is a newer is a newer um, response uh, classification that that we've heard in the last few years um, and and the role of the kidneys and conception, fertility, all of that. If someone hears this and they're like, well, damn, like that's, that sounds pretty intense. I am pregnant with my second child or whatever child, or I'm planning to have a baby or whatever. Mm -hmm. What can, what can someone do? Cause I I agree with you where we've been in this, this prolonged stage of like hypervigilance and stress and burnout to the point where it's feeling normal and we've kind of dissociated to many degrees and we're coping, right? And not in a healthy way. We're just like, oh, well, this is our normal now. But yeah. but you can't, regardless of, of how you feel about this time and, you know, vaccinations, not vaccinations, masks, not masks, like there's the, just the fact that the energy of this time is so um, polarizing and we've got to always be aware of one thing or another, um, I can only imagine how much strain that puts on a pregnant body. I mean, I, I I work with pregnant bodies as well as you know, and you know I've noticed my own trends. Um, you know, increased number of like breech pregnancies, and and you know, it is it is fascinating to me. And also, what can people do? Like. It, we we can't control the environment sure. like in in total like you know our our collective environment we can't change the fact that we are still in a pandemic era yep. um so so what can people do to like notice whether or not their you know their their chi is functioning you know at a at a healthy place or that their kidneys are balanced or or all these things what can they do yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't say that as, a, as like too much doom and gloom. Um, I think ultimately this is all a lesson and all a teacher. So yeah. it's pointing to those things that we've kind of ignored along the way. And now it's like right in our face. We can't really ignore it. Um, so I think the key is to honor the stillness, right? So the kidneys really are associated in Chinese medicine with the season of winter, mm. the water element, and so really what rejuvenates the kidneys and, and allows the kidneys to heal is rest, is deep rest. Oh, and say it again for the people in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow, rest. That's a word rest. all by itself. And that's the podcast, folks. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Seriously, I – no, rest. Yeah. I, I get it. Rest. I – so most recently I, I worked with a client um, and uh, she was one of my breach pregnancy clients. And I've had several, like I said, in the last year and a half. And 
we were able to do a an in-person session um, and a lot of her challenge was that she was completely depleted and that depletion was leading to fear of capacity to even care for another person. Like, I think this is, I think this would be her third child mm-hmm. and, you know, she runs her household. She's got a partner. She's got these children who have activities and school and all the things to think about with school right now and all the stuff. And we talked about the energetic component of, you know, when you're holding that energy of fear and resistance and feeling like you don't have capacity. And when you don't have capacity, you don't take up space. And when you don't take up space, the things within you can't take up space. And it requires quite a bit of space internally, physically, literally, for a baby to turn and move and have the fluid and all the juices necessary for a baby to turn and move. And we really focused a lot on her rest, you know, and a couple of times I think she actually fell asleep because her body was so depleted. Mm -hmm. And, you know, our one, one long session, I think her, her doctor's appointment um, for sonogram was like a few days later, her baby had turned a considerable amount. And it really was like, not just from our session, but, you know, I gave her homework to rest, like intentionally rest to really like think about how she's holding her body during the day, to think about how she's breathing and to just like give herself space to take up space in the bed, in the house, eat the food that she needs to eat without being afraid of her physical body taking up more space, right? Just our whole relationship with like how we're showing up and do we have the capacity? And when you don't feel like you have capacity, like there's not even enough time or space for me to rest because there's so much to do. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like, it's also, it's hard. Yeah. (laughs) It's really hard. Like the, the the world and the culture is not built to give that, let let that be easy to Mm -hmm. be able to rest and get time for yourself. And, you know, so we have to do both, right. We have to like, just take responsibility and just figure it out. <laughs> and, you know, also think about more of these cultural things. And this that's like a much bigger conversation. Um, but, you know, not to kind of lay blame or anything, but it's like without this capacity to settle, because now what happens is when you don't, when you deplete the kidneys to the extent that many people do, and I've experienced it myself, it's then hard to settle. It's actually hard to do the rest. We don't want to, it's uncomfortable because we actually don't have that capacity to anchor ourselves down into our bodies and actually mm. be in our bodies. So, so it's basically, so our physical bodies cannot rest because exactly. we're basically so because overstimulated. You're on, you're on this like adrenaline. You're just living on that adrenaline state. And so then it becomes even harder because even if I want to take a nap, I can't, I can't stop the mind. The mind just is racing. My body feels like antsy you know, and this is where we talk about like the external things that also creates that, right? So caffeine or any type of stimulant is going to just exacerbate that whole situation. It's not going, it may feel good at the moment because you can get a lot of stuff done. But if we're thinking about rest and having that be the most essential thing right now, then that's counterintuitive to get more stuff done is, is, is not going to help at all. <laughs> it's going yeah. to make things worse. So it's that 
balance of finding, um, finding enough rest and time off consistently. That's the key to be able to be in your body and exist in your body consistently so that you can go down when you need to go down and come up when you need to come up. And that yin and yang balance, that active and quiet balance becomes a little more steady and a little more integrated versus too much, mostly too much of this yang rising energy, the doing, the action. Um, If that is exhausted, it's really hard to get come back and get anchored into stillness and be comfortable in stillness and rest. Um, and that's why a lot of people struggle with meditation. It's not comfortable because so many of us are not even used to knowing how to just hit the off switch and really have any, any downtime. Sometimes it's a book. It's, it's always consuming things, you know? So that's the first practice is like getting comfortable in yourself with rest and, that takes practice and it takes diligence to realize that that's so essential. <laughs> like yeah. so essential. I, you know, I, I've been a yoga teacher for a number of years and practicing meditation and, and, you know, rest practices for even longer than that. And even I have noticed in the last few years, um, probably since like 2019, even like, that like my mind gets so like I it's harder for myself like someone who has practiced and I know like oh I know how to sit still I know that I know how to do these things and even for me it's really been a challenge sometimes and like do I have have I developed ADD like what is going on mm-hmm. like I feel like have, making decisions is hard my you know the more I learn about burnout I learned that like the overwhelm and the decision fatigue and all these things are indicative of burnout. And there is a reason why burnout has become classified as a diagnosable condition by (laughs) the World Health Organization, right? I think that was what last year or the year before last. Um, Yeah. Oh, what what a larger conversation all of this is for Mm -hmm. sure. So uh, you mentioned you mentioned caffeine, um, and I know that's not like the focal point of our conversation, but it's something that a lot of us think about because not only is it, you know, a ritualized practice for many people at the start of their day, um, but, you know, we also know, or many of us know that caffeine and anything else we consume earlier in the day is still, you know, evident in our body when we go to bed at night. I think it's like 20% of whatever you consume in the morning is still in your body when you go to bed. So one one thing that I've noticed being like the hardest thing for people to navigate is like if I'm not drinking caffeine the reality is I've got to keep going whether you're pregnant or not like there's so many things to do all the time I've got to stay focused I'm chronically tired but there's like this cycle of like overdoing and overproducing because it's just the reality for a lot of people or the felt reality yeah um where like where where can someone find that focal I I found that sometimes finding a focal point in your morning or evening ritual is sometimes a really good place to start. So if someone isn't starting with a stimulant like coffee, mm-hmm. what what is something that you might recommend that they can maybe begin with as like a small step? Like don't get overwhelmed by all the things, like just start with your morning whatever. What is something that someone right. could do? 
Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's really like if you think about coffee, it's not necessarily the aspect of the caffeine because you can get that from tea. You know, like some good quality green tea is going to give you a little bit of a boost, but the, it's the quality of the coffee that makes because it's so bitter and it's so thick. It's like on the spectrum of herbs, one of the most bitter herbs. And what bitter herbs do is they purge the system of poisons. Mm. So you take bitter herbs when you think you've been poisoned or you've eaten something, you know, bad or something, but it's not something you want to do on a regular basis because you're constantly sending these emergency alert signals to your body. So you get all revved up and you get, you know, but then you crash later on. So it's this constant, you know, we're revving up the kidneys and then crashing and revving and crashing. So it's not the caffeine itself. Not it's exactly. The, the, it's the nature of the caffeine in, in coffee specifically. Okay. Um, so, you know, I, green tea, I, I love green tea. Um, if you follow our page, my husband's obsessed with green tea, obsessed with all tea. So Puar tea, traditional uh, Chinese and Japanese tea, which, you know, comes loose. It comes organically grown. You don't drink like a tea bag of it in a big old mug. You know, you get a little teacup, you steep it for a couple seconds, you filter it out, you drink that tea. That's kind of the really great way to do it. I mean, if you look up any type of tea ceremonies, that's like a really great ritual. If you want a ritual mm-hmm. to sit and have some tea, you can get some pretty teacups and make it like a thing. Um, because they, yeah, if you're, if you're wanting ritual, if you're wanting something to go to, I would highly recommend it. And, and Puer is a fermented black tea. So it's aged. And so it has so many great um, properties of prebiotics and great for digestion um, and what is, what is this herb? You said Pu'er? It's called Pu'er. Yeah. Um, okay. and it's, How do you spell it? Uh, P-U, uh, Michael's going to kill me on this one. <laughs> He's the tea man. P-U-R-E-H, I think some people spell it. Yeah, I think it's, uh, yeah, it's like P-U, and there's like a little hyphen. I had to Google yeah, it. Hyphen, folks. Okay. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. P-U hyphen E-R-H-T. Yes. yes. Okay, cool. And just so just so that we know. Yeah, and some good places if you're checking it out is like unonsourcing.com. Um, there's also Verdant Tea, both great places. Um, and yeah, you want to get good quality. And the pu'er comes in little cakes. So it's like compressed into these little cakes and it's aged. And so you can get really old ones, you can get relatively newer ones. You take a little piece, you steep it over, um, you know, certain degree water, Michael would know, but you know, you can look it up what the degrees, it's different temperature for green tea versus black tea versus pu'er. So you want to, you know, do that. And then you just kind of steep it, pour it in another teacup and they're it's like a great, you know, that's a great ritual to start your day. Um, yeah. Is that something now that, so I know that herbs can be really tricky if you're pregnant or even like postpartum nursing. Yeah, Is, yeah. Are, are these, are Who these are, herbs I mean, are, depending on what you, I mean, that's, it's just the tea leaf. So mm-hmm. it's literally just tea, like the actual, you know, Lipton tea is the same leaf of tea you know it's just mm-hmm. the way it's processed that's different okay. so, so it'd be pretty safe fresh and yeah so totally safe totally fine to do okay. while you're pregnant yeah it can okay. be a little drying so if you're dry or if you have gestational stuff you know maybe not but I don't think there's any contraindication there for okay. sure so cool. so yeah just I think that's kind of like a great 
a great start. And then to also, you know, there's also all those other coffee alternatives, the Dandy Blend, uh, Ticino is also a good one. Um, I did try the Dandy Blend. I did Mm -hmm. try the Dandy Blend. What I found for myself is that my body knows like, oh, you're trying to trick me. Like this is, (laughs) this tastes like coffee, but we know that this isn't. So what I found has been most helpful to me is to do something that is completely different. So like a tea, um, you know, steeping something that smells very different than coffee so that it stimulates a different like, um, you know, memory tag or response in my mind so that I'm not like, like I'm trying, like, I'm I'm not trying to get over on myself or, yeah. you know, challenge my trust for myself. Right. Like, you know, yeah. how how does it feel when you when you know that someone's trying to get over on you and they're like, do you not think that I'm <laughs> smart? Like, I what? So uh-huh. in in thinking about the relationship that we're that we're constantly building and fortifying with ourselves, just kind of know like, yeah. are yeah, you triggered at all? But yeah. Like, so for me, like trust is a thing. And I like, I noticed my own self, like feeling a little like, now come on self, but (laughs) what are we trying to do here? Are we trying to trick ourselves to think that this is going to like, so I did get like what you said, I got, you know, a beautiful um, teapot and some little, little teacups and got some really fragrant teas. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I've got like my my giant jars of herbs and stuff in my own office. And I mix things up and make it like something fun. And, um, you know, especially like adding some herbs in there that add a color. So like hibiscus, Mm -hmm. I love that it makes my tea red or, you know, just different things. And I allow my, my, um, my thing to be like honeys, like, Oh, maybe put this kind of honey versus that kind of honey and like try to make it fun or make it enjoyable so that you create a new pattern or like in yoga, a new samskara, a new pattern Mm -hmm. of, of doing things so that you can kind of, you know, over time, this pattern becomes a habit um, in and of itself. And the relationship that you have, it's kind of in thinking about relationship, I thought about like how, how tricky did it feel to date one guy like that relationship didn't work out for whatever reason. And then date a guy who was very similar or reminded me of the other guy, like that also didn't work out because then you've got this, this building layer of memory. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, I mean, maybe that sounds too deep. People are like, okay, it's not that deep. It's just like coffee or a dandy blend. But I mean, just just like know, like know yourself enough to yeah. know like, why isn't this working? Because I've seen a lot of people like, oh, and I'm trying mud water or, yeah. or dandy blend or whatever. Right. Like, oh, and I couldn't stick to it. Like, well, why? You're the same person who you, if you can't stick with, you know, one scenario because it reminds me of another scenario why would that be any different as it relates to like the food you're trying to eat or the mm-hmm. drink you're trying to consume so you know the most healing thing is to like do something completely different yeah. but allow the elements some of the elements to be the same so like the time that you consume it right. um and with adding some kind of ritual or ceremony to it like watching this the leaves steep um, you know, if you wake up early in the morning, like I do, maybe, you know, watching the sunrise as your tea is steeping or something so that it feels nourishing and that can really create a good foundation for the start of your day. So like I've got my stillness, I've got some quiet in, I'm consuming something that's not going to get me all amped up. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and maybe that like that's I feel like that could be a really reasonable place to start right totally of course yeah I mean that's amazing if you even start that way (laughs) listen (laughs) you know like I'm just trying to eke out as much sleep as possible. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, one thing that I found, so you and I had a session, a couple of sessions and you recommended or you, you prescribed or whatever the word is, mm-hmm. um, some herbs. And, yeah. you know, I told you about my like broken throat issue that I personally cannot swallow pills, yeah. never have been able to swallow anything bigger than like okay. a Benadryl. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so you you ordered me these really beautiful powdered herbs and that became the thing that was like my ritual in the morning. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, it doesn't taste amazing, mm-hmm. but I also knew that like over time it was really impacting, you know, the way I noticed myself showing up in the day. Like, gosh, I don't feel exhausted at 2 p.m. Like right. it's one thing to need a little bit of a nap, but like I would literally feel like I could fall over at any moment at mm-hmm. 2 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when when you when you give yourself an opportunity to stick to some kind of habit or swap long enough to notice the impact that it's having on your body, then it's also a little easier to stick to it. Yes. Because it's like, okay, well, I see that this is actually helping as opposed to, oh my God, this is disgusting. I'm never doing this again. Like give yourself the opportunity to be transformed by something um, and then add a new thing. So if, if hearing about like, oh, my kidneys or the burnout or, you know, like don't allow that to be a source of like fear or like, oh my God, like doom and gloom, this is awful. See this as an opportunity to make an an empowered choice for yourself, like one choice and then add another choice. It's all this like collection of choices. Yes. Right. Totally. Yeah. And I think too, that you know, it, it can sound kind of scary or whatever with, you know, your kidneys and all of that. And, and again, like in Chinese medicine, when we speak of the kidneys, we don't speak of just the physical organ. So the, the organs have these aspects, these emotional aspects, these spiritual aspects. So it's more of like an energetic system versus just speaking specifically about the physical organ of the kidneys. So just to clarify that too, it's not, you know, we're not talking about like you getting kidney stones or something, although that can happen <laughs> over time. Um, this is more about this, the, your capacity to kind of hold and have energy for your life and have, you know, the kidney from like a Chinese medicine point of view also holds like the will for life. It's like the actual, like, this is why I want to be in the world. This is where, like, my purpose, this is my potential, this is what I want to kind of give rise to in this lifetime. So it really holds that potential. And so when we're exhausted and we're just kind of going through the motions, that potential is just completely untapped. It's, it's like this, um, this uh, blueprint, as one of my, my teachers calls it, that literally just doesn't get fulfilled So the idea is to tend to that part of us, tend to the quiet part of us, tend to the part of us to allow ourselves to kind of sink in so that our potential, our truest potential can shine through. So if you're feeling like, oh, it's just like slugging through each day, that's okay. (laughs) That's okay. That's where you're at. But it's like, yes, it's like what you were saying. It's calling you to another, trying something new trying a new experience that might give you a little bit 
more to enable yourself to be in the world more fully. Mm-hmm. And that, and in that way, it, you know, everybody wins and it's not to blame or judge that you're not in that space. Cause if you are, that's okay. And it's perfect because it's exactly where you're supposed to be. But if you do make these little shifts and do make these little changes and observe them, like really give yourself to time to observe how your body feels in that moment, getting into your body, you are then have so much more capacity over time to heal those things that need to be healed so that you can live out this potential that, that exists in there. Does that make sense? Totally. So what I'm also hearing you say is that it's possible to thrive during a time that is collectively traumatic. Of course. So like your body can, you can, you can create points of stability in your body so that you can thrive, um, physically and energetically. Mm -hmm. And And, knowing that it's not always going to be consistent. Yeah. But to know, especially if you're a mom or pregnant or whatever, it's, 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 a. Releasing the attachment to consistency that I always have to be this way Mm. to allow yourself to experience and show up the way you need to show up and allow those cycles because it does come cyclically, but it's like these little bits over time. I've seen it in my own experience. It's like, I feel like, like I think in the beginning of this year, it was like, I can't do anything. (laughs) Like I, I like, hardly be with patients sometimes like it's it was that hard to because just of lack of sleep my little one doesn't sleep well but like over time like little by little things change and it's that I mean that is the gift or if we're kind of the theme is like really kidney work here you know the water element the winter time this is it is slow change over time Mm -hmm. and that is what's happening with the pandemic. I mean, it's, it's all just, it's, it's challenging our want and desire for like instant gratification. I want to feel better now. This needs to be better next month or, you know, I'm, I'm dropping it all. Like it really is the slow game right now. And if we can hold on to that and know that that's where we're headed and these little bits just along the way, like changing my coffee habit eating a little bit better food, you know, doing the things that I truly love and like dabbling into that world a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more over time, you'll get to a place and you're like, Whoa, like, Whoa, that was two years ago. And look how far I've come, you know? Um, but it's, it's like releasing this attachment to having it have to be done now, (laughs) And knowing that this is a process and this pandemic is a process and life is a process and a journey and it's never going to be linear, you know? Yeah. Oh, I love this. So you being a practitioner, when you find yourself like earlier this year where you said you were just like, I'm so depleted, I'm so exhausted, my real life, you know, means that like I've got a little one who doesn't sleep and I've got to show up in these these ways, you knowing – um, intimately these tools that you, you know, share with other, with your clients and patients, what do you as a woman and as a mother lean on then? Like, I mean, that kind of goes into my 
one of the greater questions that I ask everyone is, you know, how do you choose to stay with yourself um, when, you know, life is challenging or you're being called to move out of your comfort zone? But if you can also like in, in answering that, how, like, how do you show up in a healing space for yourself? Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Um, it requires diligence and it requires attention. So for me, I think I skipped over a lot of things for a long time, mm-hmm. thinking that it, do, it would just go back to normal. <laughs> yeah. Whatever <laughs> that is. Whatever that is. And, um, so it was like the recognition, like, like, whoa, this is like actually a huge transformation. Like it's never going to get back to where I was before kids. I'm not ever going to feel that same type of energy probably ever because I just am never going to be that age. You know, I mean, this is like the story of aging, but, but I can still have access to myself and energy. It's just not going to feel exactly the same. And so like embracing this like arc you know, of life. And I have to, for myself and just my, my constitutional, this is when it comes to knowing yourself and you just, you just have to know what you need. Everybody's so uniquely different and what they need and what lights them up and what helps them. For me, it's, 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 uh, friendships and connection Mm. like that. I was, I completely skipped over that. And I'm sure I'm not the only one like this past two years, like it, because it didn't become a priority anymore because it was a risk, right? Right. We have this in our mindset. It's kind of programmed of like, and we have to watch it. We have to be careful. But like, that was just a thing you didn't do, you know? (laughs) Like, it's better now. But I realized I just went to a party with some friends last weekend, and it was the first time I'd really gathered with many of them from my old school. And it was just like this soul it was like my soul had just drank like a beautiful cup of like beautiful water. I mean, it was, it was so nourishing on so many levels and I had no idea that I even needed it. You know, yeah. like I just skipped over it. Like, because again, we just have to do what we got to do in our life. But these pieces of life, like connection and love and sharing and tending to one another and creating and planning and, and, and art and music and all of these things, you know, kind of have taken a back burner, I think, for a lot of us this past couple of years. And um, it really shows me every time when I go back to them, like they are almost more essential yeah, <laughs> to living a life that we love and enjoy and like are really inspired by. It's not just like these day-to-day, like going here and there and taking kids. I mean, that we can find beauty in that and we should find beauty in that. Um, but it's not the only thing. It's not the only thing. So yeah. that's for me, that's, I have to constantly keep revisiting those things, yoga, qigong, and time for myself. And as, as much as I always used to say, well, it's hard, there's nobody around, no one can watch the kids. No, I can make it happen. I can create it. I can put it in the schedule and it happens. And then when it does, it's like a glorious thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it helps beyond just that moment, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. And, and I can totally identify with, with, you know, the, the healing balm of gathering. Mm-hmm. Um, and as, as someone who I, I can go long stretches of time without being around humans at all. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, being raised as an only child and being very much an introvert. But I, I didn't realize how much I needed for myself to be around people. And, and I've, I've been around more people in the last few months and like connecting with friends just intentionally and just like getting out to, you know, breathe air and, and feel sun in the company of other people of like my spiritual sisters and friends that I've known forever and just how, how, um, expansive that is like that in and of itself can really expand your capacity for dealing for Mm -hmm. like showing up in the thing. So yeah, I, I totally get that. Um, if someone is listening to this and they're like, wow, I just, I, I love everything that she's saying. I could really use some, um, really sound, uh, you know, support for my nervous system, for my health, for my body, how, what does it look like for people to work with you right now? And how can people do that? Yeah. So, I mean, I have a physical practice in Albany, Maryland. So if you're in the area, I could definitely see you one-on-one for treatment. Um, and that, you know, includes, uh, acupuncture treatment and also herbal medicine, if that's something that you, that would support, um, and herbs, like you have experienced are so supportive for mm-hmm. just over time. I mean, I don't think I would have survived this last two years without the support of that. I mean, they just give you such great energy and provide such great, just like uh, substance and it's, they're lovely. So that I do that with every client. And then I can also do herb, uh, virtual herbal visits as well for those in the Maryland, D.C. area. Um, and then I really enjoy also doing one-on-ones, just we call them virtual healing sessions. And it's time for you to talk about what you need and what you're struggling with. And then I offer some new perspectives on, you know, from many of the perspectives that I've learned over time give you some ideas of some like at home things you can do acupressure. Um, and then we sit together and I think, and generally in those sittings, it's really nice. Uh, it's an energetic kind of, it's like a virtual acupuncture session. So, you know, it just helps to align your energy and I can help tune in to, to see kind of where you need and where to focus your attention in the meditation. And then you can do it on your own, which is kind of fun too. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of, you know, that's that's what I'm doing these days. And then we do offer classes. My husband does Qigong. He offers Qigong classes and he'll probably be doing some online ones um, soon as well. So yeah. Amazing. And like I mentioned earlier in our conversation, I um, since I live further away from Trish now than I once did, we did a virtual session and um, it was so powerful. And like I said, the, the herbs that she, um, recommended and, um, had sent to me were transformational, um, because I was really struggling. (laughs) And when I say struggling, it really was for me, it manifests as not being able to sleep, being really restless. Mm -hmm. I was like sweating in my sleep. And, um, you know, I think she looked at my tongue um, for, you know, I, I think like my kidney, like mm-hmm. the health of my kidneys and, and all of that. And, um, my, you know, my, my health marker on the other end of that, of, 
of taking the herbs and, you know, doing her recommendations and all of that was that I did sleep a lot more soundly when I did sleep. And I started prioritizing my own practices again, because even though I'm a practitioner and a teacher, it's, it was, I noticed it was a challenge for me to just show up for myself. I could show up for my clients. I could show up for, you know, classes and that sort of thing. But when it came to just showing up for myself for the sake of showing up, because my physical body also required my attention and care and health, it was a challenge because there's so much to do. I'm so busy. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you are in need of physical, emotional, energetic support, especially nowadays, and you feel like, oh, well, this is just how it is. I'm just always going to be tired. You don't always have to be tired and you don't have to be stressed out and sweating in your sleep and having crazy dreams that, you know, are sometimes evidence of an overactive mind. Um, to, you know, reach out to a practitioner like Trish or Trish, because she's amazing. Um, but absolutely. If if you're not in the area, I can always recommend people outside. I think Chinese medicine is super undervalued and not quite known, um, of like the breadth in which things we can address. And especially for moms, especially for pregnant women, especially if you've had miscarriages, the healing that's available just in these very simple, very elegant tools is like, uh, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. So if not me, go to see somebody. Um, we all need support right now. So we all need to help each other and tend to each other. And I think, um, I think it's, that's a, that's a very important step. We can't do all of these things on our own. So we do need help sometimes. We do. We absolutely do. And I thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today, to connect. Yeah. I love to see your beautiful face. Me too. Um, for, those of you, uh, for those of you listening, I like to see people's faces on camera as we're having these conversations because, again, just being able to connect with someone that you're having a conversation with is also very healing. Yes. Um, so thank you so much for bringing me energetically into your home and for joining me here. And I will link all of Trisha's things in the show notes as well as um, uh, the tea that she mentioned and uh, the suggested uh, sites where you can go to find some of these incredible um, resources. And I, I, again, can't thank you enough. And I hope you have an incredible rest of your day. Thank you. Thanks to Keisha. Thanks for having me. Take care.